Hello and welcome back to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akunili and I am your sexual healer. Today we will be starting a new series called Sex Engine. Sex Engine. It was pretty hilarious on the team when this theme was chosen. Sex Engine, really? What in God's heaven is that? Well, let's see and pick out topics, how your brain is your first powerhouse. And this is riding on the back of the last series, Your Body Stores Your Stories. I hope you listened to that series. If you didn't, please just go back and listen to the series. Your Body Stores Your Stories because we are all storytellers. And if we pay attention to our bodies, we will be able to tell the stories we hold, the traumas we store in our body, the grief we hold onto, what pleasure means to us. And of course, how we feel about ourselves, our body pride are we ashamed of ourselves or do we experience body pride right so today the subtopic will be your brain as a powerhouse the brain as a powerhouse when people come for classes especially when we have group coaching programs and then we have maybe a class before the actual coaching begins and we have icebreak icebreaking sessions and we ask people stuff like what do you think is your sex engine or what do you think is your sexual powerhouse People mention the clitoris, people mention, we'll get to that. I think that's the last week of this particular series. People mention the penis, I'm like, nah, if the penis was the powerhouse, the woman will have it. If the clitoris was the powerhouse, the man will have it. It's your brain. We all have that one. We all have that one. Your brain is a literal processor. That's what it is. If the brain is not functional, I'm not in working in your life. Nothing. Nothing. I repeat, for you to receive an information, whether you have to, you must have received it by your eyes, by touch, by feeling it touched your skin or you touched its skin, right? So there was seeing, there was looking, okay, there was looking and seeing, yeah. Then there was tasting and there's touch. Those things must have happened for you to receive an information, but you really cannot interpret the information until it gets to your brain. So you see something, say you see a snake, for example, if you've never been beaten by a snake or you've never read anything negative about a snake, for children, for example, they've never seen a snake, they've never, they come tabula rasa, they come as cleans. It is their parents who have to teach them what a snake is. I'm using snake as an example because my friend, Dayo Samuel, the creator of the Fear Resolve process, Dayo had said in his book that it was his mom who screamed that made him become afraid of snakes. Up until that point, he didn't know and he was about, he was a few years old. He wasn't a literal baby, no. He was a grown child. It was the way the mom screamed, the fear in her voice that instilled fear in him for snakes. Prior to that time, he didn't know. Recently, I was talking to my friend who has a new child. Her child is about one year old. And I was teasing her. She's a seamstress. And I was teasing her about her son um, messing around with her mannequin and all of her equipment. And she said the other day she was cooking and her son was trying to play with her. She decided, uh, instead of me to just leave this guy on the floor, you know what, let me just carry him. And uh, next thing, he's trying to touch the hot pot. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But if his hands were to get burned and he's about three years old, yeah, three years old, he's beginning to store information, information he can recollect, right? So say he's about three, between three to five or six, and he gets burned by hot pots. He is going to remember the pain. And so the next time he sees pot on fire, even if there's no fire under it, <laughs> his brain is going to go ahead and recollect that information. Remember when we spoke about pleasure in your body and I was talking about your brain recollecting information? That's literally what happens. 
Your brain is your powerhouse in that your brain is a processor. And so there is an integral element of sex that is logical that you process. Sex isn't all fuzzy and emotions because even what we call emotions, you will find out to be hormones at some point. Next year and the next topic when we talk about um, what pleasure is for your brain. Okay. Your brain is your powerhouse. And the good thing about your brain is that you have the ability to stretch experiences in terms of the things you didn't know before. Your brain cells have enough capacity. You have enough brain cells to learn new things. You have enough brain cells, enough capacity as a human being to reject some information and reprocess them and create new neural pathways in such a way that you can break an addiction and recreate how you want that particular experience to be. So say you're addicted to pornography, you're addicted to masturbation, you're addicted to even intercourse because people talk about addiction. People talk about addiction to intercourse and addiction to masturbation and pornography. Like the addiction happens only because it is with only you. No, 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 no. You can be addicted to intercourse. There are people who have to have sex with someone else every single day, multiple times a day. And if they don't, not only is the day messy, they are out of touch with themselves, right? There are people who are addicted to being in relationships. They can't stay without relationships. And I think that is going to happen two series from now, two months from now, where we talk about how addictions are actually useful. We'll talk about the usefulness of addictions. Not necessarily that addictions are useful, but you'll see the caveat when that series begins. So stay with us, stay with us for the next two months and don't give up on us. Your brain processes all of this information the hormones the pleasure the pain all of the sexual connections today is just an introduction to this new series now when you think about sex don't just think about sex with regards to your breast when someone touches your breast that information goes to your brain when someone touches your penis that information goes to your brain it processes it and that's why children understand sexual pleasure if you leave your one-year-old, two-year-old, or you take off their diaper, you see them touch their genitals. A dear friend calls it involuntary masturbation. Not necessarily because they are deliberately trying to stimulate themselves, but they can just tell that there's pleasure here. And the reason they know is that their brain is biologically just wired to know this. This is a biological need. And so if you keep attending to your sex life like it's an afterthought, like you don't have information stored up on it, you're going to keep making wrong sexual decisions. You're going to keep making mistakes because you will not realize, you will not pay attention to the fact that you have sexual patterns. For example, you choose women who have the same eye type or you choose men who look a certain way, men who look masculine in quotes, but you end up picking men who are abusive and aggressive. You don't realize those patterns because you don't think you don't think that there is a cerebral part to your sexual choices, but there is. And not only is it just a part, it is the most integral part of your sex life. One time I was reading a book from Naomi Wolf and she was talking about a woman in the book who would have sexual experiences. She would have sexual intercourse and she can tell that the sex was good. But she couldn't have the feel-good post-sex experiences. This is where we mentally think like everything looks more beautiful after an orgasm. There was all of that. There's all of that. And that's because of what's happening inside your brain, right? And then she goes to her doctor like, okay, come on, this is not normal. When I have great sex, everything is supposed to be more pretty. I'm supposed to be more rested. But I can't seem to feel it. I know it happened. I can logically tell it happened. I saw it when it was happening. I just don't feel it. 
And she goes to the hospital and realizes that she has a nerve. A nerve was being obstructed. You're telling me what happened in the vagina? That there is an obstruction. There is a nerve getting obstructed between the vagina and her brain? Yes. Yes. And so you can't necessarily detach your head from your body where sex is involved. And I hope this episode today is going to drive your curiosity enough to start reading. I hope you get inspired to read biological books about yourself because I really can't give you, I'm going to try to give you a lot of what I can, but I really can't give you everything you need, everything you need, especially if you're the curious kind. You might need to do a bit of reading and a bit of researching for yourself. Over the next few years, we would get more courses out that can teach these things and teach them in depth, but we need the average Jindo or the average Jodo to be able to come here and understand what we are saying. And what I'm just saying today is that there is an integral cerebral path to your sexual choices. The people you choose, there's a reason you choose them. There is an information your brain has stored up regarding them. Maybe you choose women who are dark-skinned and um, have wider hips because they remind you of women from your culture. So there are certain cultures that believe that women with wider hips are more fertile. And so you have that information in your head. And so for some interesting reasons, when you think of a marital relationship where you will have kids, you just begin to choose women who have wider hips and when you want to play around you pick women who you think are slimmer that you assume you will not mistakenly impregnate the reason you've made that decision is on the basis of what culture has taught you over a period of time that you've stored it doesn't look like it's a sexual choice it doesn't look like it's a cerebral choice but it was a logical choice you thought about it you've received that information and you've processed it and so when you see this woman you feel like oh you had attraction at first sight but it wasn't really attraction at first sight it was actually an information you processed on the basis of what you've been taught on the basis of what you've been experiencing culturally the same thing happens for when you hear that men who have broader jaw lines or men who have broader shoulders make better fathers because they are more masculine and so you find yourself belittling men who don't have white jaws people who don't have white shoulders and you disrespect men who don't have those features because you think those men are not masculine men and then in your attempt to constantly choose men who have broader shoulders and broader jaw lines you make the mistake of assuming that the way they look is the way their character is and so you make excuses when you find men who have your physical spec but don't have your character spec and you think these choices are just random. They're not necessarily random. It's your brain at work. Your brain is a powerhouse. And I think it's high time you start putting pressure on that baby. It's high time you start using what you bring for what it's possible to do. It's time you start using your brain in the fullness of its capacity. You and I cannot literally exhaust our brain cells. It's impossible to do that. I ain't nobody done that. Lucy as a movie tried to convince us that it was possible, but we really have not been able to use that. And so what I would advise you to do from today's episode is question yourself. Read, study yourself as the biological being that you are. Don't just receive yourself on the basis of fast content. That is the disadvantage of the internet. The internet has taught us fast content. Sometimes on the podcast, even I find myself under pressure to squeeze everything I have to say into five minutes. When we started, we wanted to stick to seven minutes, but we knew it was very disadvantageous to the people listening to us. I had taught the episode on assertive communication and someone had listened to it and sent in a feedback that said she was really discouraged 
by how short that series was. As a matter of fact, I as a person, I have a whole coaching program on assertiveness that is 10 months long. So why would I try to squeeze all that information into seven minutes? Because I think people don't have the patience to consume quality content. And so it's high time you start using your brain cells for what they are able to do. And mind you, when you don't use your nerves and your neural pathways for everything you can use them for, your whole life begins to stick to only the part you use. And so you regurgitate, you regurgitate your lifestyle. You pick the same set of people. So if you've been around toxic people, if you don't stretch yourself, um, I don't know why the word is keeping my mind right now, but I would get it out before the next episode where it's that part of your brain that allows neuroplasticity. That's the word. Neuroplasticity is the capacity for you to expand and learn new things brain-wise, right? And so if you do not use your brain's capacity to learn new things, even sexually, your bedroom is going to be boring. Don't say, oh, this is the way sex has to be. People come for therapy and then you're asking what the issue is. And it's not one person wants to stick to missionary and the other person wants to try new things. And this other person feels like you're not supposed to try new things. Well, your brain can actually learn new things. Your brain has the capacity to handle new things even at 70. That's why your brain has neuroplasticity, right? You have neuroplasticity. You are able to learn new things, absolutely. But if you do not engage your sex life with your brain, you feel like you are only stuck with what you have right now. I've had some clients come to therapy and it's the fact that their sex language has changed. I'm like, okay, that's not a big deal. Your sex language has changed. Fine, move to the new sex language. Who says you have to stick to the same thing? You have neuroplasticity. You are flexible. You have the capacity, not that you're flexible, but you have the capacity to be flexible. That's what makes you different from a lizard or a snake. A snake just sees you and thinks of danger and it runs away or it says to itself, okay, this person is going to kill me. This is an attack on me. Flight or fight back until it chooses to fight you back, right? It tries to sting you in order to protect itself or it runs away from you to protect itself or it just stays there in one position looking at you like, okay, what are you going to do? Should I sting you or should I go back, right? That There's that thing going on. But you as a human being, you have the capacity to now begin to process more information because you have more than a reptilian brain. Go check that out and you will be fascinated by that, right? You have more than a reptilian brain. You have the opportunity to process, to stretch yourself. And if you bring that consciousness into your bedroom, you understand that your sex life can be more spicy today than it was one month ago. Your sex life can be more spicy now that you have four kids compared to when it was just both of you. When it was both of you, I know you could flip, have sex on top of the roof, in the basement, on your kitchen slab. Now you can't because you have kids at home and you don't want to sexually traumatize your kids, obviously. You don't want to abuse them by exposing them to more content than they deserve. And please do not think, oh, they are too small they can't see the information, if they can't process it, their brain actually does receive it. Everything you say to your kids between age one to five or everything you expose them to between age one to five, I get to say even to six, right? Leaves them in a position where they just receive. They don't have filters. Between age one to five, I dare say, see, your kids don't have filters. And so if you're saying, oh, I'm going to expose them and have sex in front of them and they won't know, you think they don't know. They don't have filters, so they just receive it. And so what happens is that you have your kids growing up and as teenagers, they are more in tune with sex and you're wondering why. That's because they have a background sexual information they don't know where it came from the information is just there and then it's just directing their behavior and so when they get into puberty 
when they are supposed to begin to make choices and then their body is beginning to biologically speak sex, they are speaking it in higher doses and you wonder why they've possibly been exposed to more sexual content than they should be exposed to. Some people have higher libidos biologically, so don't come after your kids because your kids are asking you more questions about sex. Doesn't mean they've necessarily been abused, but there's no harm in asking them a lot of questions. There's no harm in being their friend. That's why it's important that you are their friend before they get into these phases, right? I hope I have been able to inspire you. <laughs> I hope I have been able to inspire you today to look at yourself beyond just what culture says to you, to look at yourself as the biological being that you are, to use your brain's capacity to learn and bring that learner that you can be into your bedroom. Because if you do, then you don't have to struggle with still sex because you can be flexible, you can be creative. The reason why you can be sexually creative is because of your brain. People come to therapy and they're asking me, not just therapy sessions, even when I'm coaching with some of my colleagues, maybe they have like a couples program and then it's my turn to speak. Yeah, I'm a young person. So people usually ask me the craziest question because they think I have to be wild to be a counselor and some other people think I have to be ignorant to be in the position. I definitely don't know what I'm saying. And I love both audiences. I find them highly hilarious, right? And so I'm in coaching programs with these people and then someone is asking me, what sex style would I recommend? And I feel like, um, that's why you have your brain darling and i don't mean that in a rude way no i mean that in the allow yourself to be creative way if you allow yourself to be creative i don't have to teach you how to have sex you will know how to you will know how to because pleasure is just natural if i get you into the basics you will become a grandmaster by yourself the moment you allow yourself to lean into expression and that's why i'm very huge on taking out the clogs i believe the reason you don't have great sex life is not because you're prude or because you are uneducated or because no 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 i think something is clogging your pipes i think something is clogging your way if i take away the clogs and many times clogs are like trauma they're like misinformation they're like addictions they're like misrepresentation not feeling sexy maybe not being in good shape health-wise if you're not in a good shape health-wise you obviously won't have a great sex life because there are certain styles and certain experiences you can't have before somebody breaks your back or lands in the hospital <laughs> we've had people dying and having heart attacks during sex because they were not in good shape yeah before they started trying out some things but i just wanted to let you know today that your sexual powerhouse is your brain so from today, make up your mind. Do not waste that opportunity to be cerebral and to be sexual. It's not just people who are sapiosexual who engage their brain. Nah, 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 nah. Don't be deceived. Don't allow yourself to get misinformed. Don't swallow that quick 10-second information thing going on online. If you're not sure something, by all means, go read. Go read about it. This is me inspiring you to read. I would love to come on this podcast and have someone challenge something I have to say. Maybe send me an email and tell me something I missed out and I would love to go read about it. Or send me an article or a book and say, oh, Lisa, have you seen this? I promise you, I will love you a little bit more. If you have questions, all you need to do is go to www.lisaexpress.com. www lisaexpress.com and you'll be able to ask us your questions anonymously on the website. All right. Until the next episode where we'll talk about pleasure for your brain. All right. Bye.